Dear friends in Christ, as we look at the aspect of our fruit of the Spirit called patience, we look at Paul's letter to Thessalonians' first letter in the fifth chapter where he says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. There was a small boy who was sent to bed by his father, and five minutes later, the father hears coming out of the bedroom a sound that was very simple, one word, Dad, what? I'm thirsty. Can you bring me a drink of water? No. You should have gotten that before you went to bed. Go to sleep. Another five minutes passes by. Dad! What? I'm thirsty. Can you bring me a drink of water? I told you no. And if you ask me again, I'm going to come in and spank you. Five minutes later, Dad! What? When you come in to spank me, can you bring me some water? (laughs) Would you call that patience or impatience? There was a man's car who stalled once in traffic, and the light had just turned green. And he's trying to do everything, all those efforts under the hood to get the car started, but they failed. And to make matters worse, of course, everyone's honking their horns behind him. And he finally walks back to the first driver behind him, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't seem to get my car started. Why don't you go up there and see what you could do, and I'll sit back here and honk your horn for you. Well, on a more serious note, especially in traffic, you know those merging lanes, right? Three to two, two to one. And you know, you're driving along, and you know, how many times does someone just spin you know, right past you and speed up and get in, especially at construction on Oak Park, one single lane, and they get there to rush ahead of you only to slam on the brakes because they've got nowhere to go because there's a whole line of traffic in front of them. Patience. I'm sure that you've been in different types of situations where it's really been severely tested. You know, many of us pray like this. Dear God, please give me patience. And I want it right now. Do you have patience? The theme passage for our series includes, of course, patience. One aspect of the Spirit's ninefold fruit And on the surface, it might surprise you because up to that point, we've been saying that the fruit of the Spirit is just that. It's fruit given to us by the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian. And we agree that things like love and joy and peace that we've talked about so far, that these things are given by the Spirit. But some of the others, patience, kindness, gentleness, these are human qualities to strive toward, right? Well, we, as people, tend to think of patience as a personality trait. You know, some people are patient, and some people aren't. Some think that when it comes to patience, it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. You know, so there are some Christians are patient, and some Christians are, well, not so patient. And even sinners can be patient, right? 
After all, there's an old saying that patience is a virtue. And that reinforces the idea that patience is something that we strive for, something that we work at, not something that we're given by the Holy Spirit as a gift. What is patience? Well, that's what the NIV calls it. The King James Version says that it's long-suffering. And if you look at the original Greek word, the translation of that means long-temper. A scriptural study of that shows that the word patient and patience and patiently averages about 55 times throughout the Bible, depending on what Bible version you use. Patience is a quality that doesn't surrender to circumstances or when you're under trial for something. It's the opposite of depression, and it's associated with hope. Long temper is that quality of self-restraint that happens in the face of you being provoked to do something. We know that as the scriptures look at that word and its forms, the Bible concludes that there's about three things that are main focus of patience. And first of all, the Bible talks about God's patience. And on the surface, you might think that that doesn't apply to us. We know, of course, that God is patient. He's perfect. And we're imperfect. And perhaps we should just go on to other things that the Bible talks about patience and just forget about this one. But if we're going to talk about patience, we have to say that we have a patient God. Think of how long he waited for people, even today, of this day and age, to come and to know and believe in Jesus as the only Savior of the world. We know that the total number of God's family has not reached its limit. We know that God waits patiently and mercifully. He does that in order that people might come to repentance knowing that his day of wrath and judgment will come someday. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We're supposed to strive to be like Christ. And of course we don't become God. We know that we're supposed to use God, though, as our example. To keep our eyes on Christ. To have the Holy Spirit work in our lives so that we can become more like Christ. We certainly know about his patience. So we need to look at God's patience. In Peter's first letter, he said, God waited patiently in the days of Noah. We know that in those days of Noah, sin had become so widespread that God had spared only eight people during the flood. God waited patiently while the ark was being built. It was 120 years that God gave them from the time that he says, I'm going to destroy mankind, to the time that the rains actually came. 120 years for people to come to repentance, to turn. Now that's a patient God. It certainly would have been easy to have just been done with the whole mess. I mean, it's only eight righteous people. Can you imagine that? Only eight righteous people in the whole face of the earth among all the population. Scripture tells us that there the Lord has seen how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. 
And the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind, whom I created, from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So God waited patiently. Peter says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And if God can see Noah in the midst of all those people on the earth at that time, God can certainly see what you are going through today. He hasn't lost any of his supernatural abilities. We know that his power hasn't lessened at all. God knows what you and I are going through. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, With all humility and gentleness, we are to be with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And he shares with the Colossians and us as well, as God's chosen people. You know, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It's important. These verses tell us that we are to be long-tempered, just like God is toward us, toward our fellow members and believers. We love, John says, because God first loved us. If it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and his rising again on Easter to secure for us eternal life, we wouldn't know what real love is, and we wouldn't be able to reflect it. That brings us to the next way that patience is described in Scripture. Patience with others. God can be patient with us. Shouldn't we be able to be patient with one another? Well, the answer is no, if we look at ourselves. Does that surprise you? In reality, we can't be patient with each other. Not without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which produces that fruit of patience. Patience is a God thing. People talk about the patience of Job when he was facing the trials of his life in many different and harsh ways. But remember that even Job had doubts. In chapter 6 he says, What strength do I have that I should still hope? What prospects are there that I should be patient? We're unable to be patient without the power of Christ. And the answer to this is in that 1 Thessalonians 5 passage. When Paul says, We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. He's not calling sinners to be patient. He's calling Christians to be patient. Look who he's addressing. He's saying brothers and sisters, fellow believers. And he says for us to be patient with who? With everyone. Not just fellow Christians, but with everyone. But pastor, you don't know what it's like in my house. But pastor, when... Someone's driving down the road like an idiot. I just get so mad. And you're right. 
You can't be patient on your own efforts. It's only through the work of the Spirit that that produces patience in the life of a Christian. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst, Paul talks about himself. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. When patience produced by the Holy Spirit is displayed within the life of a believer, it really is an open window. It's a reflection that people who don't know Jesus and believe in him, they see that and they wonder, why are you different? So God is patient with us. Jesus sets the example of patience, and as a Christian, we should exhibit that patience to others. So, how patient are you with other believers? What happens when we lose our patience? It just shows that we've taken back control of our life. You know, it's like we're telling the Holy Spirit, we're going to take the steering wheel back, and uh, why don't you just sit in the back seat and maybe read a book for a while? So if you're a Christian and you're struggling with being patient, your real struggle is with allowing the Holy Spirit to take control of your life. Finally, the last way that patience is described in Scripture is that the Bible talks about God's people being patient with God, waiting patiently for the Lord's return. James says, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. And you too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. We need to be patient Because Jesus is coming back soon as our judge. We need to wait patiently. We need to be patient with the Lord. After all, think about how patient he has been with us all. So as believers in Christ, how are you handling situations in your life? Are you impatient with God? Do you complain to God and demand that He needs to intervene and and, and take control and maybe perhaps remove a, a trial you're going through. Patience is enduring the trials that we live in our life. Waiting and complaining to God because you know that he's God, that's not the answer. Waiting and not complaining to God, that shows that he's in control And that everything works to the accordance of his will. Secondly, are you seeking God's mercy toward others? We often forget that God is patient with us and that he redeemed us. Despite all the wickedness that we have done in the past, that we're doing now and even that we may do in the future in our lives. And we need to be praying to God that he'll continue to be long-tempered, to be patient, and to show mercy to others, especially those who are treating us in an evil manner. And finally, 
Are you being patient with others in the church? Instead of becoming impatient with those who have not grown perhaps as much in the knowledge and grace of our Lord, let's humble ourselves instead and become patient with them and be able to encourage those brothers and sisters in Christ that they can serve the Lord with joy as they learn more and more about why Jesus came to serve them and to even die and live again for us. And think about others who are not in the family of God right now. How can you let them know about the patience of God? That he's still giving them time, even today, to believe in Christ and to walk in his ways as you and I do. Jesus says that the time has come. The time of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And Paul wrote, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It's so important that we not think of ourselves, but we think of our Lord and who he came to die for. And that is all people. And there are those who don't know that. We think that those patience jokes that I shared with you earlier, that they're funny. And the reason is that they're funny is that we can relate to them, right? We've been there. We've flown off the handle at times. We've become impatient. And it's okay to joke about patience, but in our joking, we should not take it lightly. There are some people that really struggle with this. And the reason it's such a struggle is because they're working at it only with human effort. Patience will never be accomplished on our own. We won't even have self-control. It's only accomplished by God control. So allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to work in your heart in such a way that you display the fruit of the Spirit in your life to others. And that includes patience. And may that continue to bloom and grow in your life as you walk with Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen.